Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And any long-term listener to this program knows about my interest in the business of media. And uh, we've gone out and got some of the best uh, people out there, in my opinion, to talk about that. And one of those include our guest today, a recurring guest, Jer- Jeremy Murphy. He was a vice president at CBS uh, Media and uh, has worked really uh, is one of the premier PR uh, firms now, the head of one of the premier PR firms today, and uh, is one of my favorite media critics. Uh, I love his book, Chloe, which is both hilarious, but I think poignant. I think it tells a very important uh, message about uh, what's wrong with media today. And uh, he and I always have fun. I, I laugh more with him than virtually any recurring guest, and I have some funny guests on this program. And, uh, and, and part of the reason why is if you don't laugh at what's going on in media today, you're going to cry. Am I not right, Jeremy? You are, and by the way, I don't know how I live up to that introduction. I heard Beth premiere. I'm like, can you be my therapist? <laughs> because I well, at least, as long as you don't ask me to, as long as you don't ask me to be your mommy, we might be able to work something no, out. Like, but. I, I wish people would tell me this regularly, but no one does. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, you do great work, and we always love having you on, and we always get great feedback. Before we get into our topic, let's uh, real quickly, uh, how do people learn more about your book? So the book is F Off Chloe. It is on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, SimonSchuster.com. It's everywhere. Um, they can just go online. And, uh, you know, it, it's a funny, light read. It's something that you could just, like, throw in your bag and, and, and pull it out and read it when, when you have time. Um, yeah, you can find it anywhere. Yeah, it's a great book, and I encourage people to read it. Read it for the laugh, but pause every once in a while and think about the implications of what he writes about. And so uh, I know it was meant, it, it had mo- I think it had multiple meanings, not just a good laugh. And I certainly got that from it. Okay, let's get into our topic, which is the crazy world of media in 2022. When you and I get together, we're both busy, busy guys. And so we often decide on the spot what we're going to talk about, which I love because it's more spontaneous. We're not overthinking it. And, uh, you know, you named off like six or seven ideas right from the very beginning. And all of them would be good to do a brief review, the year in review when it comes to media stories. And I have no idea where to begin with, with each one. So let's just start with the January 6th one because that, that's something that, uh, that was on your list. And that's something that's getting a lot of airtime right now. Uh, the January 6th committee, which uh, was, uh, you know, intended to uh, pull, you know, really review the impact primarily of Donald Trump on the riots that took place in uh, 2021 uh, following the election of uh, Joe Biden. And uh, it, it got an incredible amount of media uh, exposure. And now they're making recommendations. And, of course, the very first thing that's going to happen with the new Republican House is that committee will be abolished. Uh, it's a select committee, which means it's temporary by design. Well, we even know the shelf life on this thing. Jeremy? Yeah, so I, I, my first thing is, uh, boy, did Kevin McCarthy really, really fumble this one. Uh, he had an option to get his people on this committee, 
and he uh, nominated the most, uh, not the best people, like the bomb throwers. And Pelosi said no, but he could have had people. And he he dug his feet in the sand, and because of that, they really had no representation on the committee. There was nobody from the other side really questioning people. And so I thought that was a real, really bad decision on his part. Um, You know, it was compelling, uh, everything that they did. The media really covered it. Um, You you know what? My whole thing is, I mean, this attorney general, Merrick Garland, is the most... um, I, I can't even describe him. He's like hiding in his basement or under his desk while everybody else does the work. Like everybody else has investigated. It's been two years and the Justice Department has not done anything. Everybody else has issued report after report after report. This guy is hiding. Um, and I think that really has kind of demonstrated, you know, I think he's so afraid scared of politics and and what happened with the Supreme Court thing when they held up his uh, nomination. Um, You know, it's really sad that our own law enforcement function of this country can't do anything about this, uh, whether they charge someone or not. Um, So I think that is one of the the takeaways from this. And also, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, some of the stuff has just been like mesmerizing. Um, yeah. You know, whether you're Republican or whether you like Trump, some of the stuff, I mean, is pretty mind blowing. So I, I definitely think this was like the story of the year. Um, we'll see how it pans out. You know, that the, the house, uh, you know, the report has no legal weight. Like, you know, uh, the justice department can just throw it in the fire. It has no uh, consequence. But I think it was a very um, substantive, um, um, you know, a a very serious report that will be historic. Yeah, so I largely agree with what you're saying. I I don't think there's anything I I disagree, except I would add or even go further. I think that uh, it's both shame on McCarthy, because he's in, you know he's part of the insanity. He's a symptom of the insanity, yep. mainly out of cowardice, not out of conviction. He's got a history right. of being a pretty normal guy. Uh, he was a pretty normal Republican leader. He's been a Republican leader at some level for you know fifteen years practically. And so what you're seeing is uh, you know him becoming a product of the insanity of Trump world. Um, and so I do blame him to a certain extent. But I also blame Pelosi. She she decided to basically uh, hijack the entire committee, getting rid of all uh, normal protocol. And, uh, you know, she could have, A, let, let McCarthy choose crazy people that frankly would have helped the Democrats show how crazy the Republicans had become in the House. Yeah, yeah that would have been better. You don't want a Jim Jordan on that committee. He's a bomb thrower. You don't want like you want. No, actually, I think you do. I think I personally think you do. And the reason why, because they're restrained, they can turn off their mic. You could just literally show the insanity of the of the Republican members. He's not convincing. He's not impressive. I know he's a lawyer, but he's not a very good lawyer. I mean, I've watched. He's a wrestling coach. He's a former wrestling coach. Like 
you know, uh, part of it is like, you know, they're, uh, uh, you know, uh, talking to witnesses. And you don't want, like, can you imagine one of those, uh, one of the uh, Capitol Guards, you know, Jim Jordan going after someone who risked no, their I, life? And imagine how the American people would respond to that. But why even expose them to that? I mean, the American, I, mean, like, I understand that. Don't even give them the I time understand that. But what they did is very similar to uh, banana, you know, to kangaroo courts in, in third world countries. That's what this well, yeah, I, I turned out to be. Well, yeah, I agree with you on that because I, I – And that, you know, and so, so let me finish. See, I didn't interrupt you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Even though you were saying stuff I disagreed with. Uh, to let me finish, uh, you know, that was I, – I personally would have liked Crazies on there. I, to a certain extent, I would have liked it. They could turn off their mic. But at the very least, her take the authority in asking Republicans herself. Yeah, just call on Republicans themselves and say, we would like you on this committee. You know, that, that she would think are reasonable. Frankly, right now in the GOP caucus in the House, you're talking practically single digits in terms of finding people that can behave normal, even if they are normal. Almost all of them either retired or were beat. Right. And so, you know, it's a very tough environment to find that. But to me, it looked like a total kangaroo court. If I'm in a third world country that's accused by the U.S. of having a political system that's completely jacked up, I'm like going, why are these people saying that about us when I look at this January 6th committee? I mean, it was horrific. To me, it was terrible. Um, and, and, uh, and as a result, a lot of people heard incredibly compelling stuff. You know, in some ways, I look at it, it's like, how is Trump not already in jail? You know, and a part of the reason why is because of the environment that this hearing, this, this you know, <laughs> committee took place where it looked so contrived, it looked so made up. It's very frustrating I, uh, to watch. I agree with you on that. I, I, I really feel like, you know, uh, uh, McCarthy had an opportunity to get some reasonable people on that committee. He chose to, to, to uh, choose the most incendiary, the, 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 like the bomb throwers, and they mixed them. And so they had no representation. But, okay, so I have to go to my second. The thing that is making me so angry is this hostage trade where we gave up the merchant of death for a basketball player. I cannot believe Biden agreed to this trade. We literally gave up a huge terrorist in exchange for a basketball player. Okay. Meanwhile, there is a U.S. Marine or a former Marine in a jail cell in Russia. He's been there for four years. And we yeah. didn't get him. Yeah. We got a basketball player. Yeah, what world yeah we certainly don't want to talk about uh, his uh, Biden's negotiation skills. <laughs> no, there's not. Really? That's a trade you got? Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. We both, we both agree on that. It's utterly scandalous, completely political. It was wokeism on steroids, if you ask me. And, when are we going uh, to start? Okay, we're the superpower. Russia is a third world country. Okay, their economy is based on $70 a bottle, uh, a barrel of oil. If that goes down, they're screwed. They, they, they export nothing. They're, they're, they're a third world country. Their whole nuclear arsenal, I think, is, is, is powered by the Energizer bunny. Um, 
<laughs> like, wh- why are we? Yeah. Why are we? Why are we so afraid of these people? Why we always we always uh, show our cards? Like these yeah. people play us, and it's like I'm sorry, we're the superpower. We can bomb you into like you know uh, the next century or the previous one, and we always let these people run around. And you know, my dad was yeah. a marine, and when I heard that, I just I cannot believe that there is a U.S. citizen and marine still sitting in jail while we got a basketball player. Yeah. I, it's unbelievable. I'm astounded by this, and I'm a yeah. Democrat. And, and and I'm I'm just astounded by the media play and the lack oh, yeah. of doing so this stuff. Like, everybody's like, "Oh, a hero! Oh my God, her homecoming!" Well, no. Why don't we get the guy who's been in jail for four years, who is a marine? Um, why don't we get him home first? Yeah, yeah. And we're going to yeah. do these trade deals, giving away mass murderers. At least get yeah. something that uh, is fair. I hear fair all the time. this stuff? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Whoever that guy is needs to get fired. Oh, I think we both concur on this. I think we agree on this. Let's, let's talk about, uh, you know, the Republican Party and Donald Trump. And Donald Trump, uh, you know, choosing candidates across the board running for the U.S. Senate with a couple of rare exceptions. And, and those, were, those were people that got his endorsement as the afterthought. Those that he handpicked. All of them got utterly destroyed, you know, in, in these elections, spending the largest amounts ever spent in these states to get beat. I mean, here you got, you got, <laughs> you got uh, Biden as a president in a midterm election. He is the first president in, who had walked out with a net positive gain on a midterm in the U.S. Senate since, listen to this, this fact. Since 1934, when FDR was president, buddy, you and I both know he ain't no FDR. And how did that happen? Is how Trump inserted himself. And now the Republicans want to distance themselves. In spite of, it's not because of all the findings of the committee about the way he uses money to house uh, Secret Service in his hotels wherever he travels, you know, making money off of that. It isn't off of uh, leaving uh, secret documents laying around on a hotel floor. None of that is because they're now losing because of his behavior. That's the only thing. That shows their moral background. backbone. Well, I will tell you this. I think you're absolutely right, and I think it is on purpose. I think Donald Trump is so spiteful that he um, he lost Georgia, and so he didn't campaign for the, originally. He didn't campaign for the two senators uh, in the runoff in uh, 2020, uh, just to spite Mitch McConnell, and yeah. he is he he is just so spiteful. Like, oh, if I lost everybody has to lose like this man is has such uh like a vengeance he wants payback and this is all out of spite like i really believe he did a lot of this on purpose um because he just wants payback he wants revenge he hates mitch mcconnell and he's fine to see the senate go to to democrats just so mitch mcconnell doesn't win um, yep. You know, he is just not a, a rational person. <laughs> yeah. And that's an interesting comment you just met. I don't think I've ever met anyone that's accused him, even his supporters, of being a rational person. 
I grew up in um in, in uh, Palm Beach and um so I knew a lot of people who uh had met him and had gone to Mar a Lago and you know, it's interesting, like the people that supported him during the first election were the blue collar, like the you know, the the plumbers and the electricians and the mechanics and whatever. He had screwed every one of them at Mar a Lago. Yeah. He's famous for not paying his bills and these people go broke because, you know, they, they, you know, they're putting tile and they're fixing the plumbing or whatever. And he doesn't pay his bills. Yep. And yeah. I was, I'm fascinated that people still think he's like a man for the people. No, he's not. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. I thought we would largely agree on that to me. I, I, but I also, you know, I look at the Republican party and how tone deaf it has been, how slow it's, you know, respond to simple ethics and morality around uh, Trump. I mean, they're just slow. It wasn't until they were getting doused politically they dis- yep. that they distanced themselves from arguably the most unethical president since Nixon, maybe more unethical. In fact, Nixon may have been a lightweight. Oh, 100%. Like, Trump is – the thing about Trump, he has no ideology. Like, he is not a Republican. Yes. He is whatever – You're right. He, 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 whatever he suits him for that day. He is a pragmatist. He is uh, transactional. He does not care. He is like a sociopath, and it's all about him. Yeah. And if it, like he'll turn his party in a second if it would suit him. So you're yeah, absolutely and that's right. what he's done. You know, I'm I'm waiting okay. for you know they got these never Trumpers, right? I'm waiting for them to start doing ads about called Democrats for Trump. You know, uh, look what Trump has done for the Democratic Party. Who in the world thought they would have won back the Senate with the current inflationary environment? You know, uh, we love him so much that we're funding his his candidates in primaries. I mean, you know, there's there's so many Republicans that could win in 2024. Trump is one of the only ones that can't win in in the general election. And he will bring – I always say he's a gift that keeps on giving to the Democrats. Um, and he will bring everybody down because he can't take the fact that he lost. So because he lost, yeah. everybody else has to lose. Um, yeah. And, you know, he, he keeps saying, don't vote. Oh, uh, uh, your <laughs> yeah. votes don't matter. There's fraud. And so people don't vote. And it's like, wait. That's right. Really? That's right. I said in 2016 – that, that Trump was not a Republican, never had been a Republican, and if anything, he's been anti-Republican. His whole career, he's been anti-Republican. He gave money to Democrats ten to one through his professional oh, yeah. life. I mean, he hates he, he and, and now he's utterly burning it to the ground. The Republican Party to yep. the ground. Oh yeah, suicide he, mission. He will continue to do that. He has. He he is so angry, and he really feels like the Republican Party betrayed him. Um, because, you know, they, they didn't go for, you know, um, I don't know, uh, you know, <laughs> overturning the government. Um, Unbelievable. And, you know, look, I grew up in a Republican household. I was, you know, growing up, I, I, I admired Reagan. I admired uh, the first Bush. I was a Jack Kemp guy. Um, yeah. You know, I, yeah, Kemp was a friend of mine, you know, and I worked oh on the God. Reagan campaign. You know, oh, yeah. uh, these like, are, yeah. That was the Republican, I, I believe in that, limited government. Um, but then they got really 
weird with you know uh you know the religious right and and getting into matters that like okay that's you, you don't have to do that like you know um and it kind of like threw me to the other side because it, it it's you know, I believe in limited government. I think the government's way too big. I think there's too many restrictions. This is exactly what the framers didn't want. You know, we have become a bloated um, bureaucracy, and we we need to, you know, we, we need to, like, cut taxes and, and cut the size of government. But then they get into re- religion and people's, you know, health, and it's just like, stop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're running on a Taliban. They're running on a yeah. Taliban platform. <laughs> right? I'll, I'll pass on there. So, no, I, 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 yeah, we could go on. You just opened a can of worms. We could go on for an hour on that, and we've already went way over. And it right. was, as usual, lots of fun, Jerry Murphy. Love spending time with you. But I think you're absolutely right. I don't know, you know, I don't know what Reagan's saying. I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. I think you and I would say the same thing about the GOP. Oh, and by the way, we, we forgot to talk about Elon Musk. Maybe oh, we'll time. save that for we'll save that for uh, January. My blood pressure is already too high with what we covered. <laughs> well, can we like can we like before I can we just send him to space and like maybe one way ticket? Like yeah, go, go back you go. and just don't come back. Yeah, there you go. Now you're talking. Jeremy Murphy, I always laugh whenever you're on, and I always stink uh, whenever you're on. Uh, we always have a great time. One of my favorite uh, guests, uh, phenomenal at understanding media because he worked in it, the former v, a former VP at CBS, and uh, we, just, we just have a really good time. Oh, and PR, uh, PR man extraordinaire. Thanks so much as always, and Happy New Year, my friend. You too. Have the best New Year. Yeah, absolutely. We'll look forward to talking in the New Year. New Year. I'm Kevin Price. Stay tuned for more.